Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. I hope everyone is having a wonderful Monday. I know Monday sucks, but here we are. We made it through another weekend, and we're back to the grind. Uh, but anyways, I've got a great show for you guys today. Let's start off with some sponsors. Of course, we have TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, Mike, good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, where you can get this great The Gun Debate is Over shirt I'm wearing today by using BTC at checkout for a 10% discount, or you can join the Patreon, subscribe star, or become a member of this here YouTube channel under all of my shows uh, by hitting join and get yourself into a private Discord server where you can get all of his new gear up to two weeks prior to it being released. Uh, at a 30% discount. And of course, we have executive producer of the show, anthemplanning.com, for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. Uh, they're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. Guys, we got a great show for you today. I'm so excited. I'm sorry I got to uh, record this one. I know you guys love the live shows, but uh, my, my good friend, uh, one of the, the, the most legendary rappers in the world, uh, lives in Germany. So we're going to record a little early and put it out at the normal time. But my guest today is the legendary R.A. the Rugged Man. Sir, how are you doing today? Hey, peace, and thank you, everybody, for allowing me to do the tape thing because it's 7 o'clock at night right now. <laughs> and uh, I did one of these podcasts where I had to try to use my brain, and uh, I watched it back, you know, because I did it at one thirty-two in the morning to try to get on time. Oh, it was 4 in the morning, actually, to get on time, with, you know, to do the live. And uh, I was like, you know, you know what I'm saying, know what I'm saying, you know, you know, you know. They, they were like, how many times is this guy going to say, you know, you know, you know, you know, because I was fried. My brain was fried. Sure. And I was trying to get just basic words out. And I was like, yo, I'm terrible. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> so when you were like, let's do it at 1.30, I was like, can we do it taped at 7 or something? You know? Yeah, absolutely. I was willing I was willing to get up as early as possible to, to do this, be, mainly because I don't really need to be smart. It's always it's always about my guests anyways. But uh, uh, Well, even, even not even just smart. I was literally like, saying you, you know and then you know and then then you know you know like i couldn't speak so sure i don't even care if i sound smart i just want to be able to effing speak can we curse on the show absolutely this is not this is not a family show so you all you all right, need to cool, man and, cool. and and i would i would expect nothing less from Ari the rugged man i've listened to your whole catalog i'm a big fan uh you're you know it's not like the cleanest rap in the world you know it's not like you're you're slinging the christian rap <laughs> yeah uh but but let's once talk in a while yeah yeah once well, in a while i throw some cry some jesus christ sure. lordy lordy in there well and you just had a beautiful <laughs> song you just had a beautiful song about uh being a dad and, and you know that one really that one struck a chord with me somebody's been listening to you for a long time uh as 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 also a parent of seven children uh raising seven children in my home and uh doing the show and working full time and i was just lucky enough to catch you in uh in Des Moines, Iowa, at a little a little venue here with my son. It was a, a blast. He actually told me the next day that it was his the best night of his life. He's a, he's one of those guys that listens to a lot of the mumble uh, rap, and and then he got to see you, and he's like he's like, hey dad, how come uh, how come none of the rappers I listen to sound like this guy? You know, it was pretty cool, man. Yeah, yeah. So hey, bless you, man. Yeah. Bless your son. The best life, best night of his life. Well, he got a lot more lives you know, the days and to live. So he'll have better nights sure. eventually. But, you know, at this point, all raised. But you know what? There's old ass wrinkly men that be like, it's the best night of my life. So, you know, maybe he won't. Yeah. I mean, he, you're, you're a hero to him now. And when he signed his little hat, he wore it to school the next day. He had to show everybody. He was super stoked, man. It was a, it was a good night for me too, to see him that happy. You know, we adopted him back in October. And uh, so he didn't have a lot of really good times before we got him. So. Uh, yeah. He's telling me, and, and you're a superhero, seven kids. Um, my dad had six kids and i'm just like how how did he do it i have two 
I don't even know how I did that. So there's people having six, seven kids. So those are all superheroes to me. It's hard, know? man. It's it's every day is a challenge, but it is uh it's a house full of love, man. So we 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 like it. But uh yeah, that's what my father always said. He said it's a house full of love because you know we had the sick sick kids in our family. So you know he said, hey, God put them in the right place, a house full of love and. And it is what it is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that actually brings me to a, a point I want to bring up with you. I mean, we can get into a bunch of stuff. You, you've been around the scene since the 90s, man, a long time. You've done, you've done it all. You've been, you've been on uh, songs with Biggie Smalls. Uh, but one song that always sticks out to me and is always going to stick out to me is Uncommon Valor. I'm, I'm a big fan of Jedi Mind Tricks as well. Uh, Vinny Paz, I mean, is amazing as well. And, and so you did this song, and uh, I didn't ever realize at the time that you know this was like a this was like you basically singing from the perspective of your father who was in Vietnam right and uh and so when i saw you in in Des Moines we talked we, i listened to you do this song um and i know you you were having some dj issues and some sound issues man it was rough uh but you you did that song part of it with like no music and i just got to hear the 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 vocals and it was beautiful but can you give me the story about your dad and and Vietnam yeah, and all but, that but to bring that back i actually do second half of that acapella even if i'm not having technical okay you know all right so that that's uh it's a 44 bar verse so you know you're rocking to the beat and you're rocking to the beat and you're rocking to the beat so in the middle I, I cut it off and you know get a little more emotional and just rock to it like you know and tell a story like trying to do some you know like a live broadway play type of thing you know sure. so my beard looks all fucked up today i tried to cut it with a scissor you know because i know i wasn't going anywhere and you're like you're doing the podcast i'm like i just cut my beard all in fucked up places with a fucked up scissor. you have no idea how many times i've done the show with like a beard just all bushed out of my face and all jacked up man so you're good i don't think I anybody's like, gonna like care patches hanging in. well it's all i don't care <laughs> making a joke because i because I just went full screen for a second. I'm like, yo, my beard looks fucked up. I love it, man. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's cool. So, 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 give me the little story on uh, the backstory on your dad. I know you you have some political leanings. Uh, you know, like probably closer to what I feel. I'm, I'm very untrust uh, untrusting of the government. Uh, I, I I think the wars need to end. I, you know, I'm I'm one of those people too. But but you have a serious like personal reasons as to why you feel the way you do. And can you give us a little bit? Of, you told us some of the story oh, well, of the yeah, show. Yeah, they they, they um. You know, my father was a kid, 17 years old. They joined the army, teach him how to be a killer. And they they ship him over there, fly him over there, give him 4,000 bullets a minute, give him a million dollars of ammunition. You know, he shot a million dollars of bullets, you know, himself, one man, you know, more than that. And, uh, you know, so he was taking lives, man. He, you know, he would what he would do is he would go under um, enemy territory and try to bring the troops out that were like captured or if there was like a uh, uh, some kind of crash or something or you know he just had to rescue and bring men out he had to bring the men out from enemy territory and going into those territories um you know they were spraying the chemical agent orange and six different missions he was on uh were documented agent orange but there was way more than that but those are six that the government uh admitted to so uh so then the kids his children were born severely handicapped some of them you know my sister died my brother died my uh his grandson my my nephew died and uh when they were alive they didn't have the best life because the you know the chemical destroys your dna sure my sister couldn't walk or talk my brother couldn't walk or talk and he was blind and 
you know, my nephew only lived to six months old. You know, my sister lived to 26 years old. She was supposed to die like like seven days old, but she lived, but she couldn't walk or talk. But she was happy and laughed all the time, and we loved her, and she knew, you know, she was like one of us, you know. She was like, uh, but, um, and my brother Max, he lived it tough because he was blind, too. He couldn't walk, talk, and he was blind. So, and he died at 10 years old, and that's because the government poisoned uh, its own soldiers and poisoned the people of Vietnam and poisoned the waters and, and uh, you know, you know what Agent Orange did. It was meant to uh, kill the foliage, so, right. you know, to make the fighting odds even, so they couldn't hide in the trees, they couldn't hide in the bushes, we could see everything, and the land was flat, and, you know, and poison the water and kill the fish, but they, you know, it was untested, so, or maybe it was tested, I don't know, uh, but whatever it was, um, yeah, destroyed people's DNA, you know, and killed their kids, killed their grandkids. I don't know if any great grandchildren have been killed by Agent RJ because it was only in the uh, early 70s, but um, could have been late 60s too, but I think early 70s. I'm not, I'm not, not late 60s too. Uh, uh, look that up yourself. Don't mark, <laughs> you know, don't mark me as the expert of what year, what happened. But um, when my dad came home in 71, you know, uh, but uh, so yeah, you know they, they you know they always say you know Assad you know chemical he chemical kills his own people and that's why we should go to war with Assad and and we're the good guys going to save everybody from these you know but but uh, our government kills its own people with chemicals uh, and that was just I'm just a, a eyewitness to that you know sure. how much more they've done and how many more they have killed and how much shady disgusting horrible things they've done to its own people and people all over the world and then we're supposed to trust them like they're the good guys let's trust them they want to help us and save us they don't want to help us to save us they do whatever benefits themselves we know that i mean it's like i mean i don't understand this new world of people trust the government trust them they will help us like i thought we'd slowly learn that you know i can understand in the 50s or but like after world war ii like oh we saved the world and you know all that propaganda like we must trust. We are all American, you know. But like, you figure through the '60s and '70s with all the protests and, and all this thing, all these conspiracies being exposed to be true, and all this horrible stuff coming about about out about all these agencies. You figure people would learn from it, but nobody does. Right. They go, "Oh yeah, trust them again. Trust them again. Trust they did not like that anymore. Trust them again." It's like, and, and we just keep falling for it. Or we don't, but you know, the majority do. And if you if you don't believe in them or agree with them, you're the bad guy. You know, so right, yeah. You they, they start marking you as these, the, these atrocities. Yeah, they start marking you as this this evil, seditious, like terrible person if you don't go along with the approved uh, narrative. That's for sure. But you, so so we're going through something, you know, not similar <laughs> to the Vietnam War, but similar with uh, it's you know we have a large portion, especially of the American government or American population, uh, uh, telling us all to support the government, support everything they're doing, listen to all the science, all this stuff. But you you just came off tour, man. And uh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta think that it was kind of rough uh, with all the the logistics and traveling and stuff. Did you have any logistical issues getting over here and doing your tour and all that stuff during this these these crazy times? No, I don't have any issues because I'm an American citizen and I'm a German resident. So um, I'm allowed in my own country, allowed in America, and my kids uh, live in Germany, so they can't keep their kids from you know they can't keep their father from their kids. I mean they can but they're a little bit more decent than that. You know, when I had a lot of problems was trying to get back and forth to the UK for a show, there was like flight issues and government documents that I 
thought was fine. And then they had me missing flight, wouldn't let me on a flight. Then I had to get on the next flight. There was some definitely issues, but, uh, you know, everything went smooth. In the U.S., I did, I think, close to 50 shows in, in the last, you know, four or five months. Before that, there was nothing going on for me. Like, for you know, since April 2020, I was supposed to have all these tours for my new album. And everything got postponed, canceled, tours all over the world. So, you know, like all artists, I was, I was really fucked over sure. and uh, had to figure out where's the next real money coming from because touring is the money, you know. And uh, or if you, it, the other way to get money is if you constantly put out material, you know, and flood the market. OK, and here's 10 songs, 10 songs, 10 songs. And I, you could do that, too. But I kind of like to um, make my songs mean something when they come out and make a statement and, you know, like not just put out me rapping really great over 10 beats. Here you go. Like, I, I kind of want to make like a, a little bit artsy fartsy, man. Like people right. don't look at me like that, but I'm, I'm a little bit. Uh, so so I could put out constant projects, three projects a year, and I can make a great living doing it. But I kind of like making a project that I go, you know, tour and make a great show. I, I come from the era of, of live showmanship. Sure. That's that's really what before I was ever making a record, I was, you know, rocking house parties. And that's my life is rocking stages. It's not really, you know, uh, being an internet rapper and selling my stuff online. That was never really my thing. But, you know, when the world changes, sometimes you got like, if, if shows shut down again, you know, I'm going to have to figure out a way to adapt. Right. You know? Yeah, it's, it's, unfor soul, it's unfortunate, man. I know, I know a lot of uh, uh, artists went and started doing like live shows online, which was pretty crazy. I, I got to watch. A, I, I, you know, you may not be a fan of Post Malone, but he did a whole set with a full band uh, live show, and he did all Nirvana songs. It was wild, dude, like super wild. But uh, um, let's let's talk about that the newest album that you put out in 2020. The the, the, uh, the all my heroes are dead, right? Is that the it's it's got you know so you're you're. You, you're kind of self-deprecating on it. You're definitely bringing up like uh, newer, newer stuff, like the song about your your child, and you got the golden oldies on there, which is I love Slug too. I think that was a that was a great song, man. I, and and being a guy like almost forty, like me, I'm like, oh yeah, lemonade, lemonade was a popular drink, and it still is. You know what I mean? So, uh, but let's let's talk about the new album. Where, Rest in peace, Guru. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you took a ahead, you took a lot of uh, you took a lot of inspiration. Um, uh, from you know you you getting older and, and growing older and being a father and stuff like that. But what does that what does this album mean to you, man? Can you can you tell me? Well, all my heroes are dead. Was the one before Legends Never Die was uh, my father had passed, and it was kind of like a memorial to those who have passed on, and and it was also some legends never die because my album before that was die rugged man die so it was like i ain't dying motherfucker so it was like braggadocious but it was a homage to you know the loved ones in my life you know and then um this one was called i don't know it's just the world changed on us you know and oh shit yeah. let me try to plug that back in <laughs> the world changed on us and uh i probably should have kept it off without me today can be a little dark yeah you know, i'm just kidding but um yeah so the world you know it changed it's not you know hip-hop that i come from where where being the best matters and rocking the stage and crowd participation and, and house parties and and gold rope chains and cassette tapes it's a different era True. you know and we lost so many great so many of the greatest that ever lived so all you know so many of the greats so you know in scratches 
aren't in records anymore and beatboxing isn't in records anymore. You know, it, maybe they are, but a super, super small percent, you know? So, and, and Boom Bap isn't, you know, as heavily praised. So I wanted to kind of do golden era stuff, but put it on steroids. Like, look, you know, all, you know, all my heroes are dead. So, so I'm gonna put it on my back and ride with it and, and give you what I love, you know, like, 1988 on on ultra steroids you know yeah absolutely man it's a great album i, I you know I, my it's the one that my son listens to all the time you know i, I try to get him into the some of the older stuff slowly you know what i mean like we'll, we'll take it i'll take it all the way back to night of the bloody apes you know but uh uh he's he's got to start with some of the newer stuff first <laughs> yeah yeah, um, yeah well the newest stuff is better it's more informative the old 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 stuff was shock value when I was a teenager. I wanted to just upset the the um, which I'm down with still, you know. But I'd write a list of horrible acts and terrible things and and write about it like a movie, you know. And uh, you know, you're a teenager, and your way to rebel was to fuck the world, fuck them, fuck them, you know. Now you could rebel with a strong uh, information, you know, and and you could still say fuck the world and them over the head. But you could do it just a little bit more intelligently, you know. So, and I'm not saying you got to be intelligent with your music. I love ignorant rap just as much, you know, like that shoot 'em up, gun buck buck. I love all of that shit too. You don't got to be. I'm a college professor. Fuck all of that too, you know. But, but I'm proud of this new record the most, you know. Yeah, it's a good record, man. Absolutely, I, I think you've you've grown a lot, and it's you talk a lot of in the new record and and in some of your uh, newer interviews about you know you used to have this this mental health. Uh, crisis basically and now you've you've kind of grown and I, I think it's really it's really cool to see the kind of the change you know what I mean I think it's I think it's good for your fans for sure but you talk you talk a lot about how yeah, you used to be a dirt well, bag and stuff <laughs> well yeah you know Long Island out there they were fucking crazy everybody and I go you go back as an adult and your friends are still on drugs and cracked out and fucking heroin and 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 the ones that aren't on drugs you go to go to a restaurant or a bar and they're trying to fight people and you're like come on man we're getting a little bit old for this shit you know (laughs) but no 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 but but um yeah the mental issues they're still there you know uh there's times when when uh when i'm not right and i'm trying to get right you know but that's the difference back then i would react i'd fight i'd break shit i'd go crazy when i was a teenager you know early 20s and now as a grown-up you know uh uh kind of uh learn how to behave yourself and try to figure it out in your head before you go crazy, right. you know, you right. try, to, try to keep it cool, you know? Well, I, I watched a recent interview with you and you talked a little bit about the passing of uh, Biz Marquis at, at, at your show in Des Moines, which I thought was great. Uh, I was a big fan when I was a kid. Um, and, and you, you, I watched a recent interview where the interviewer like challenged you on, on Biz Marquis being one of the greatest performers, you know, in, in the hip hop, uh, uh, industry. And, and you, you were like, nah, man, you got to see him live. Uh, and so, so I know to you, especially because I've seen you live now and your live show, I mean, you're, you know, you, you put a lot of stock into your stage presence, man. Like it's, it's killer. You're one of the most fun uh, artists to watch live. You're definitely big on like crowd participation. Uh, but I mean, where do you take a lot of that, uh, that inspiration for your live shows from, man? Well, like, like you've just said, Biz Markey, Big Daddy Kane, you know, watching, watching old, uh, clips of even Kumo D and, and it's like, uh, um, Karis one. It was a VHS tape of KRS-One live, and it was like, 
these guys, Dougie Fresh, Dougie Fresh, oh, Greg Nice, Nice and Smooth. These guys were just such tremendous performers. And that's what hip hop, like hip hop was about performing and going to the parks. I don't know, hip hop isn't just going in a vocal booth by yourself with your engineer and just rapping. Hey, I made a song. That's not, that's rapping, you know? Hi, kids. Do you like violence? Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is Down down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. That's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over. But hip-hop is the elements of, of, of the whole spectrum of it, you know, and and um, that's where I got it from. And the Juice Crew, the whole Juice Crew, they were my idols, you know. I wanted to be Biz. I wanted to be Kane. I wanted to be Koji Rap, Master Ace. I wanted to be those guys. I wanted to have Marley Mall and be my producer and Roxanne Shante in my corner and all of that stuff. That was those were my idols. So yeah, I came from that era, you know, and I came studying that era. You know? Yeah, absolutely, man. It was a good era for. I mean, this is the best. Is the golden, the golden oldies. And not, not even, but not even just hip hop. If you go back to, if you see OG R&B acts like Charlie Wilson from the Gap Band or just any of these OGs that were around in the 70s, 80s, or, or even if you go to a super old school show, 60s, you know, um, they put on tremendous shows because it wasn't about you could just fake it on the internet and people think you're a great entertainer, right. you know? You couldn't just record it and film it and pretend and cut angles and, hey, look, my video's great and I'm a great performer. Like, you really had to go on a stage and show and prove. And that's what entertainers did from every genre, from rock and roll to you really, that's how people got record deals by being tremendously great performers. So I think that spirit, you know, stayed with the OGs. Like, you go see any of them and they'll body. Yeah, I, I'll go see, like, say I play a festival and I'll see, like, a, a new school MC that has a tremendous following and everybody loves them. And then you see, like, an OG performer, like, like hmm, I don't want to say Kane again because I would say Farrah Munch, you know? And uh, and it's just night and day. Like, holy shit, Farrah Munch is, look at the way he could rock a crowd and his breath control and the way he rocks the microphone. And then the new kid with Buzz... You know, people know the beat when it comes on another song, but it's like night and day. Who's the better performer? It's not even close. Who's the better MC? You know, yeah. but you know, so and so has the hype because of the because of the um the following online. Man. You know, it's all about the following online these days. Bro. Yeah, that backpack rap, yeah. and then and well, then that's where we headed after that. So, and this every you don't even need a song. You could be just you know, a Kardashian or, you know, whoever that, you know, just be a face, just be a face and make noise. And right. And you get that, uh, following. Yeah. Some, <laughs> some of these guys rapping today aren't even, I, I swear some of them aren't even putting out words, man. You know what I mean? It's crazy, dude. It's crazy to me. Like, cause you hear, listen to lyrical and, there, and then you got people, young people like Afro out there who came on tour with you, who's 
fantastic, great performer, amazing lyricist. Um, I just absolutely amazing. Can you tell me a little bit about how that friendship started, man? That's a pretty cool story. Well, I had a contest on the computer, you know, on the, on the computer. I'm an old man with that. Uh, I had a, a contest on the internet, and uh, he just bodied it. He destroyed everybody. He was incredible. So, you know, I flew out and met him and said, uh, yo, you're an incredible kid. You know, he had, like, his voice. The thing I hate about new school rap is these terrible voices. Everybody, wah, 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 you know, and it's like, oh, God, wah, 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 you know. I can't deal with that. So when he comes in with the bass, bass, you know, it just sounded like golden era. It sounded like, wow, that's when your voice hit the microphone and you'd be like, damn, you know, like, so he could just talk and it sound, sounds like, like, like hip hop to me, you know? So. Yeah. He definitely has one of those voices, man. It's, it's nice and bassy and deep, but he could put, he put them together and he could rap real fast, which was really cool. And like, like clean rap real fast, which is, it's, it's just hard to do. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of people out there to do it, but you, you do it very well as well. But he, he seemed cool, man. And he, he also came out, hugged my son, took a cool picture with him down on a knee, man. He's, he's a nice guy, dude, for sure. Pretty cool. Yeah. Froze is sweetheart. Froze is real sweet. And he's like, he and he's from Southern California, man. He sounds like, he sounds like he came from the East coast. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> funny sometimes. And when he caught, when he stays in New York for a little bit, uh, he gets a little bit New York accent. He starts talking, go just rock him type of thing. Like, yo, you talking like rock him again? <laughs> but then when he goes back to, because uh, <laughs> rock him in Long Island, you know. And then uh, when he goes back to Cali, I'm like, you've been hanging out with Ka in Cali too long. We got to get you back to New York. Start saying know, bro <laughs> and hella and stuff again. Yeah. I'm from Oakland, man. Start talking like. So it's talking like Deborah Foreman in, in, in Valley Girl. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm from, you know, I'm from Oakland, right outside of Oakland, California. So I grew up on the on the West Coast rap. Uh, really, really, I came to I came to to liking hip hop and rap uh, with Tupac, obviously. But uh, I had like Brother Lynch, Sibo, X Rated. I listened to a bunch of like really dirty like uh, Sacramento rap. But I got I you know obviously I I knew the difference between hip hops as a kid. Uh, different different uh, regions and and Biggie was a big part of that for me for the East Coast rap obviously and then uh, got into you know lots of other names you and stuff like that but what who who are some of your favorite artists that you worked with on out there? Wait, but you're talking about Oakland. You had you had uh, Tony Tony Tony. Oh sure, yeah, Tony Tony Tony. We I mean I had uh, but I had a, I had so many I can name too, them all too day. Too short, too short was out there too. RBL yeah. Posse, San Quinn. I mean I grew. This is all the shit that I grew up with for sure, man. Like I loved listening to like gangster rap from the Bay Area and Southern California and California. But my man Locksmith is from the Bay too. Oh, I have to check. I haven't listened to that one. My brother. So my brother, oh, he's Lock, uh, you would love Locksmith. I'll check him out. You'll love Locksmith. My brother, he because he, he's on our shit. You know, he's on that shit. Yeah, he's a, he's a knowledgeable brother. Yeah. My my brother actually rapped with RBL Posse. He's a white white kid from uh, from Antioch, California. Uh, little little Irish dude named the Con Man. He goes by the Con Man. His last name's Connors. And he actually used to go into the studio with some guys from RBL Posse, the the original YT Young Thug, and some of those guys, and and, and lay tracks with them, man. Which I always thought was kind of cool. I was hanging out with RBL Posse, you know, at these house parties and shit. Uh, but uh, who who are some of your favorite artists that you've worked with over the years, man? You've been going since since the '90s or even earlier. Uh, uh, who's some of your favorites? Well, um, Coogee Rap was one of my biggest idols in life. You know, he's one of my favorite favorite rappers. He's, he's the greatest lyricist in, in, in music history to me. And uh, 
I, you know, say it all the time. He would body all these, you know, John Lennon and 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 Jim Morrison. Nah, nah, Coogee rap will body everybody. Bob Dylan, it don't matter who it is. But uh, he raps the goat, so lyrical. Um, but uh, yeah, working with G Rap was just such an honor, and it's always an honor. And uh, Killer Priest is an incredibly uh, lyrical, underrated rapper. You know, like when Wu Tang was really popping in the '90s, he had a rap album, and I think it went gold. If not, it did four hundred something thousand. Had a huge album release party, and he had his buzz. But now he releases these little small projects that he just—I think he records them in his crib. I don't know, but they have like such extreme high caliber level of of visionary poetry but they don't get heard but uh if you if you want to check out some Akilah priest's albums they're just fantastically lyrical you know they're a little underproduced undermixed you know sometimes but they're just tremendous 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 so so priest is and he's a good friend and hell hell razor you know uh timbo king i always like those guys i like that all the wool affiliates uh, I always had for Master Killer is one of my favorite people. Uh, just one of the most, he, he's original Wu-Tang, but he's so fucking humble and such a good human being. And uh, yeah, so it's always an honor to work with MK. And I mean, there's so many, you know, there's so many. Master Ace was a Juice Crew original. That was such an honor to work with Master Ace, you know, and the song we did did great. It was me, Brother Ali, Master Ace, got, got you know, Tens of millions of listens all over the world. I think almost like six million on, on YouTube alone for a video we did for a couple thousand dollars. You know, it's like, uh, yeah. So, that, that, I mean, the list goes on and on. I work with so many of my idols. I work with like so many of my idols. It's not even funny. You know, it's like every everybody who I looked up to um, gives me accolades and love. And it's just really been a blessed career that I've had, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, Master Master Ace is a absolute legend in the hip hop scene for forever. Will always be. Well, I say it all the time about Ace. He's a superhero. He's a fucking superhero to me. Ace, and I don't know if you'll hear this, but I love you. I love him, man. He's a superhero to me. Uh, you know, he has the multiple sclerosis or the MS or whatever. Nobody even knew it, and uh, he just, you know. Decade after decade after decade of nonstop, consistently great hip hop music. And his live show performance is just so sharp and beautifully put together. It's like, damn, it's so precise. And, you know, he was doing that show for close to 2099. I think, I think 99 he got it or whatever, but like, whatever, two decades or more, however many, over two decades. Yeah, it's been a long time. Of, yeah, we're fighting MS and nobody knew it. Yeah. And uh, he's a superhero because he, the best longevity artist ever in hip hop, I think, with consistency of projects. I think Cool G Rap is better longevity as far as being pound for pound great lyricist dominator. But I think Ace, as far as projects and consistency with music making, and I just think he's such an incredible great, you know. And Ace's show is better than G Rap, I think, you know, and better than a lot, like a lot of rappers that might be technically more sharp and you know murderous ace is just like just consistently all around rounded 
master, you know. Sure, sure. Master yeah. race. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Master. I, I, uh, you know, it's one of those shows that I have not had the uh, the luxury of seeing, unfortunately. But maybe, maybe someday. I don't know if we ever if we ever open everything back up again, dude. <laughs> but uh. So, so, you know, now that we're kind of, uh, we've talked a lot about the old school, you talk a lot about the old school. It's obviously the, the golden era of hip hop, um, will likely never be matched, but are are there some new artists that you like besides Afro, obviously? You know what? It might be matched again at some point because, you know, the thing is when something becomes the biggest music on the planet earth, there's so much corporate funding and there's so much money to be made corporately. So, um, you know, at some point, you know, there could be this underdwelling. Like, we always have this underground, and we have these, like, tremendously great lyricists still all over the world, like every place in the world. So if somebody kind of picks it up, puts it on its back, and uh, we ignore the corporate-funded mediocrity shit that's on the radio, and we don't, who they're calling the goats, and who they think is the best, and, and these guys that are so under, like, all my friends rap better and make better music than all the, the highest caliber mainstream, you know, not high caliber. I don't mean high caliber. I mean, like, you know, highly hyped artists. All these rappers are all oh, the best of the best. I see it on Twitter. I see it on, you know, you know all the best. They're, they're, they're all mediocre compared to the guys I rap with. So, uh, you know, I think if there's a underground scene that just comes back, it's a definite possibility that, that one day we could repeat the golden era, maybe top it even. Oh, that's definitely a possibility, you know. Um, but but who knows? Who the hell knows? You know, I don't know if we could have a top eighty-eight. You know, nineteen eighty-eight is the pinnacle. Every album, like bow, 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 one after the other. So many ridiculously incredible albums, you know. But you know, some people say because uh, their era was ninety-four because that's when rap was commercialized. So you had like hip-hop albums that were influenced by eighty-eight, but they were had massive money pushed behind them. You had like these, these the Illmatic type albums and biggies and, you know, so some people go there because they're learning about rap through the big corporate machine because corporate was funding hip hop projects at the time. But 88 was closer to where the street, it was street still, it was in the streets, it was street music, it was, you know, Rock Kim and Kane and Koji Rap and KRS and Ultra Magnetic MCs. And it was like Slick Rick, it was like every, Thing was iconic, you know, and it wasn't, you know, it didn't become this big commercial machine for Walt Disney, you know. Right, so. right, right. Uh, speaking of uh, that, have you heard Nas, Nas's new album, man? I haven't. You know, I'm so behind on every album. Fire, I usually dude. listen to everybody's. Uh, yeah, I heard it was, but I usually listen to everybody's album like a month or two or three afterwards when the mm-hmm. hype's gone. I go, okay, let me just put it on now with nobody talking about it or whatever and let me check it out and then i'll be like damn this shit is crazy i'll go eh. you know yeah you so, just never know man so. especially when people have been putting out albums as long as that and uh he, he, but i was i was the surprised last Nas album, the, King, the king's disease one uh i didn't listen to it on first and then and, and then you know like a month or two later i listened to uh daughters no 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 it was a, what was the first single of not daughters it's oh. a super old one uh what was the first single of oh black uh when he, he did the doja cat uh uh yeah, black not doja cat song? yeah yeah i know the song i, thought, I just can't I think of that song i thought that song was tremendous yeah. i was like wow this shit is incredible and then so i listened to the album and i wasn't blown away by king's disease sure. i i, I, I kind of was disappointed uh 
But I heard KG's two is even better than it's, Vault One. It's way so better. Check way that better. Out, it's 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 yeah, hard. He went I'm hard, man. He, he's got a, he's got a verse with Eminem on there, and it's pro- it's probably it's really a weak. I mean, to me, it's a weak verse for Eminem, but uh, it's uh, it's still he's still just amazing, and and uh, it was a great album for sure, man. But uh, I heard that song because uh, EPMD was on it, right? Yeah, right. You know, EPMD's Long Island. Those are those are some of my heroes too. EPMD. Yeah, they've been around a long time. The song's called EPMD. Yeah, yeah, and, so, and I mean. I remember when I was a kid, I made my own EPMD hat. They weren't even blown up yet. And I walked into school with EPMD. You know when you could iron on letters? Yep. You know, at the at the store. So I went to the store and I ironed on E P M D and I've made one for Stetsasonic, S T E T. And uh my boy who was down with EPMD, I walked into school. It was a new school I just started. And he was like, Yo, you got EPMD hat? Where'd you get that? I was like, I made it. He was like, What? You're crazy. And so he brought me to uh, the studio, Charlie Murata, where EPMD made all their shit. And, you know, I met Eric. I met all of these guys And uh, when I was a little kid, teenager, you know, and uh, probably 14, 15. And, you know, they went on to do gold record after gold record after gold record, just being, you know, making some music in, in Charlie's attic, you know, <laughs> it was yeah, it's really it's really crazy the parallels between to me because I'm I love hip hop and rap but I also I grew up listening to punk and hardcore especially East Coast hardcore right and like it's funny the parallels between the fans uh, of the two like making our you had to make your own merch sometimes you know what I mean like it was you could you, you couldn't there was no internet so you had to find out about new bands and shit through like these hand drawn zines and stuff like that man it's crazy dude it's really funny to me yeah it's funny did yeah. you uh, um. Oh, I forgot. We yeah, I forgot where I was going with that. Oh yeah. No, oh, do you, are you a fan of the Bad Brains? Oh yeah, dude. Absolutely. I grew I grew up listening to like straight up hardcore Bad Brains, back Black Flag, MDC, all that shit, man. So uh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, because Daryl, Daryl, Daryl's my close friend. He's uh, he thinks I'm one of the greatest that ever lived. He you know he hits me up like, yo, you top five, anybody, anybody, and and uh, I'm like, oh shit, all right. But yeah, Daryl, I met him years back. And I went to Woodstock. We was working together on some stuff. And uh, Daryl's just a beautiful soul. He's a great dude. They're yeah. legends. I mean, absolute legends. Hardcore scene is, I mean, you know, it doesn't get doesn't get super much more wild legend. stories about HR. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Saying HR was wild, you know. Yeah. I'm, dude, insane. Insane stuff. Uh, that's also another band I never got to see live. I sure wish I would have. I've seen Black Flag, obviously. And my first, my first actual CD that I ever bought myself was Black Flag Damage. So, I mean, I was really into hardcore and rap and hip hop at the same time. And then I got into metal like right after that. So I, I'm a well-rounded musical uh, appreciator for sure. You know, um, but man, we're getting to the end of this, this, this public stream, brother. Uh, what do you got coming up next, man? You got you you you're thinking about new albums? You thinking about more tours? What are you thinking about? Well, I wanted to, I made this album to tour off of. You know, that was my main thing was to get on the road. Hey, even the songs and the choruses were call and response songs. I made them for the audience to, you know, to perform live. And uh, we just did some great shows in the UK. Uh sold out some venues, packed the house, and everybody had the best time ever. And um I want to do a lot more sold out shows off of this damn album. And then we're going to see what the next step is, you know? So, yeah, absolutely, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Can you tell all my, my, uh, my fans and, and some supporters where they can find you, how they can support you, how they can listen to you, all that great stuff. Yeah. Just, you know, already the rugged man, Google it. And you know, it's Twitter, Instagram, I'm on all the, all the stuff is ever, I got a Snapchat. I don't even know how to use it. Rugged. <laughs> 
Rugged Lives or something. Rugged Man. I don't even know what it is. And uh, TikTok. I, I don't know how to use that one. You know, I you know, I, it takes me all these years. Facebook, I got. I know how to use that one. Sure. So the old people know how to use Facebook. Old people learned how to use Twitter. And IG, I learned that, you know, medium old. And uh, not a young shit. I'm trying to learn that, you know. So Because here's the thing is when you're an independent artist, um, like if I could, I could just, I would just throw my phone in the fucking water and just leave it, never have it again. But the thing is, uh, this is the era. It's like if you're an independent artist and you want the world to hear your music and you want to tour, you have to be on the shit every day. All the time. Hit them in the head yep. and communicate. And, and that's, that is, that's the world we're in. If I want to quit music and quit the entertainment industry, I, I could boom, go off the freaking um, grid, you know? Sure. <laughs> Sure, yeah. and and we'd all be much happier. I know you're uh, you're not a big respecter. Be happier from off the grid, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I would too, man. And you know, I'm I'm doing this I'm doing this uh, this show thing, and uh, kind of moving over and got my fiance doing a, a YouTube channel and stuff. So it's like I'm always on these social media apps and 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 you know, cutting and editing and you all that stuff, it. dude. It's a it's a bless it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. You know, so I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining because some of the greatest shit ever. I saw through the stuff, and plus, I know we hate we. Oh, it's terrible! It's terrible! And people go, "Oh, you trust YouTube videos or this and that?" But like, you can Google any. Say you want to know something about a, a rare, obscure filmmaker. Okay, Pete Walker from the UK that made these horror films you love from the seventies. Right. Boom, boom, boom. You find you find an interview right on YouTube. You want to hear. Uh, what was Margaret Singer really talking about? You could Google all this. Stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, she was a eugenicist. Yo, she did do clan meetings. You know, there's all this information at your fingertips from from that spectrum to this spectrum. And I want to watch a rap music video that I've saw 35 years ago and haven't seen since. Google, boom, I could see it. So I know the curses of it, but there's also a lot of blessings of it. So. Sure. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I definitely agree. It's it's a double-edged sword. And uh, while I do enjoy the arguments sometimes, it would be nice to just cut everybody off and do my own shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But hey, man, I'm a huge fan, R.A., man. Thank you for all the music you've given us to listen to over the and years. And what's your son's name that I met? His, his name is Adric. Yo, Adric. Fuck those. Oh, what? No, 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 it's cool. It's okay. It's Yo, fine. Adric. Adric. Forget those mumbling non-lyrical dudes you want people who rap like me and rap like locksmith and rap like black thought and you want these guys that can rap rap you don't want that you want real rappers we need, so we need to teach the generation to, shout out to the young boy and uh we're going to do it again. We're going to rock at the show again. You know? Hey, next time you guys are <laughs> anywhere in the Midwest, you let me know. All right, we'll be there. I promise, brother. Peace, bro. All right, man. Have a good one. All right, guys. Another awesome episode of Break the Cycle. Please go follow R.A. Listen to his music. If you've never listened to R.A., you're, you're missing out, man. It's lyrical genius stuff, dude. He's amazing. Uh, one of my favorite artists. Now one of my, my 10-year-old son's favorite artists. So we're bringing, we're bringing the old school back. So go check him out, man. Uh, also, definitely subscribe to this channel and hit the bell to be alerted for shows five nights a week, of course. Uh, check out the Patreon, subscribe star, and the uh channel membership under all of my videos here by hitting join and, and sign up for like six bucks a month you get all kinds of cool different like perks on different 
platforms and plus the private discord server with like 100 people in it already a uh, really cool community doing a lot of great stuff uh guys it's gonna be an awesome week of shows i promise you uh i was sick so i had to reschedule some stuff move some stuff around i got another show with top lobster this week uh, i know you guys love top so that's gonna be a lot of fun uh thursday the rescheduled show for um uh, my good friend Fritz will be on since I was sick over the week. Uh, over Friday, I didn't get to have him on. Uh, tomorrow, if you guys have listened to my show and have asked, where is that awesome uh, pop punk intro and outro from? Uh, my good friend Alex One, the lead singer of Whiskey Grenade, who sings those songs, uh, will be on the show to talk about all kinds of cool stuff. Probably a lot of punk rock uh, and hip-hop stuff. On Wednesday, my good friend Randall Daniel will be on the show. He is the uh, uh, chair of the Libertarian Party of Kentucky. So if you've been watching these Libertarian State uh, uh, Party social medias and realize that Kentucky has become absolutely based, he's one of the reasons for that. So it's going to be a lot of fun to have that conversation. Uh, guys, I love you to death. Check out my sponsors. Of course, we have TopLobster.com. On the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, uh, where you can get all kinds of great gear by using BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. And of course, executive producers of the show, anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. Seriously, if you have a business, check them out. Guys, I will see you tomorrow for a show with my good friend, Alex One. It's going to be awesome. Definitely check it out. Uh, but until then, don't forget to break the cycle. Due to legal reasons, I just have to explain. The lyrics of my last song may seem to contain a violent call to action in the verse in the frame. But I just stand in Minecraft. The helicopter part was in reference to GTA 5 and the things you do So any violence you commit, I am not an excuse Cause I just can't in Minecraft Well, Timber is my friend and he's constantly cold Accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just can't in Minecraft Obviously, I would never advocate force Unless it's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft There's nothing I mean, you know it No product is getting close to COVID